Okay. I love Jesus, and I love you guys, too. It's good to see you guys. Amen. Let's go together, all right? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. I want to make sure that we know that we are the called. Okay? There's a general call that goes out, but we are the called. Just like you might have something that says, well, you know what, it's, it's going to be, there's an end coming, but there is a the end uh, that you have specifically are the called. You have been chosen. There's a general call alarm, that, uh, alert that went out, but you are the ones who are, have responded, and you are the called. You are the called ones, okay? You are the chosen ones, all right? And while you're on your feet, uh, let's go to 1 Samuel. We're back in the Old Testament, and we're talking about purpose this evening. 1 Samuel chapter 9, 1 Samuel chapter 9, starting in verse 3, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, that's where you are. Did I skip one? Amen, thank you, because <laughs> sometimes you get up here and you just, you'll say Captain Spock instead of Captain Kirk. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I know I did it. Amen. Okay. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3. We're reading. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, Please, take one of the servants with you and arise. Go and look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim, through the land of Shalisha, but they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and they were not there. Then they passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. When they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to a servant who was with him, Come, let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. I want to look at it in the, in the King James Version as well, while we're still standing. And then I'm going to let you sit down. In the King James Version, verse 3 again. And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise, go seek the asses. Give me four. Okay, thank you. And he passed through Mount Ephraim and passed through the land of Shalisha, but they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and there they were not. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. And when they were come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to a servant that was with him, Come, and let us return, lest my father leave caring for the asses and take thought for us. Let's go to verse 20. While we're still in that version, we'll just go there. Verse 20. We're going to look at the second half of that verse, 20b. No, we're going to do 20a. My, my bad. And as for thine asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them, for they are found. Let's flip that to the, uh, the New King James, brother. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And so from these passages and from those, mess, those places of text right there, 
I want to share with you tonight a message called Stop Looking for Donkeys. Stop Looking for Donkeys. Let's pray. Father, we praise your name this evening. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor and all of the praise, Lord God. We just want to magnify your name and lift you up, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would touch our hearts and our minds, Lord God, and that we would be transformed, Lord God, and renewed by your word, Father, your word that is life-changing, Lord God, your word that is alive and powerful, Lord God, your word that is sharper than two-edged sword, Lord God, dividing between the joints and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, Lord God. I pray, Father, that we would just grab hold of this word, Lord God, and that we would pursue you and seek you more than anything else and stop chasing donkeys. And so we give you the praise right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Stop chasing donkeys. Stop chasing donkeys. Because you were born on purpose, for purpose, and with purpose. Now, in this chapter of chapter 9, um, Saul's... Saul's dad had sent him out, Kish, to go find the donkeys that were lost. The donkeys could be used for a lot of different things. We knew they carry a lot of cargo. They could be used even to plow fields. You hook them up. And they also could be used for transportation. And so the donkeys were valuable. And so the donkeys, some of them got away and they got loose. And, and Kish said to Saul, take one of the servants, go and, and look diligently for the donkeys. And so when he tells them to, to look for the donkeys, the, the, the word there is, uh, let me just get it for you, I'll mark it. It says to seek. comes from the word, a Greek word, um, or Hebrew word actually, bakash, to seek diligently, to look for, get my mark out the way, To look for, to search earnestly until the object of the search is located. So he had a seriously, a serious mission that his father had, uh, had commissioned him to do. Go find those don donkeys. Go seek those donkeys. Really, until you find those donkeys, don't come back. And so it says in, in verse, I want to say in verse 5, let's see. Verse 4, actually. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim. So he went through the, the mountain ranges, the high points, looking for these donkeys. But he, they weren't there. They went to the land of Shalisha, out in the plains, trying to find the donkeys. They weren't there. They couldn't find them. And then they passed through the land of Shalim, and they were not there. Then they passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. I want to tell you that maybe somebody with good intentions told us to go find something. And we had the commission to diligently search and to seek and to find those things and don't come back until we find it. And they had good intentions and it was a good thing that, that we were out there in the end, yes. But... Everything happens for a reason. It's going to work together for the good of those who love God, but for the ones who are the called. Some things got lost that caused us to leave our comfort zone, to leave the place where we were residing, where we were living. And we searched in the high places, and we searched in the plains, and we searched in other regions and trying to find those donkeys. 
But some of us have created some donkeys of our own. We wanted to find our own donkeys. Some donkeys have the pictures of presidents on them. And people are pursuing donkeys, looking everywhere, trying to find that donkey of money. Trying to go to the high places. If I can just do that, and if I can just do this, and if I can start this business, and if I can hustle this, and I can hustle that, I'll have all the donkeys I need, and I'll be all right. Some people have created donkeys out of the opposite sex. Stop pursuing the donkeys. That's the New King James. We read the King James. (laughs) Stop pursuing the donkeys. Oh, man, if I can just get a donkey that looks like this and a donkey with long hair. (laughs) If I can just find the right donkey, I'll be all right. Some of us us have made uh, uh, homes and cars our donkeys. And we're looking all over trying to get the right one and has the right feel and the right color so I can stay out there and, and polish it and wash it park it, and then start walking to the job, and then look back and see something and get down on my knees and worship my donkey. And we're not spending time worshiping, getting on our knees and praying to God. Amen. We're chasing donkeys instead of chasing and pursuing God, forgetting that we were created for purpose, on purpose, and with purpose, that he has a plan for you. And yet, We're pursuing donkeys. Can I get that next fix? Can I get that next high? Can I get that next drink? Donkey chasing. Donkey seeking. You weren't created to chase donkeys and to search after donkeys. God allowed something to happen to get loss of value. So that he can, the the, the calling and the purpose that he had on Saul, so that it can be implemented, so that it could be realized. So that he could leave that comfort zone, that comfortable place, to go out. And we've chased donkeys to the highlands. Oh, we're going to take a cruise, and I heard there's some good donkeys over there. If I can just get to the the land of of wherever they are. And And then he even searched to the land of the Benjamites. He was a Benjamite himself. So some of us said, if I can get to the the motherland, then I could find a donkey. If your motherland is Africa or Mexico or Sweden or wherever it is, if I can just get to the motherland, I can find all that I can be. Donkey chasing, donkey pursuing. If I can just get to the land of my forefathers back to Ireland, then I can. Don't be chasing donkeys. Stop it. Stop looking for donkeys. And so here Saul and his servant were out searching. And finally, when they got to the land of Zuth, verse 5, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and becomes worried about us. It's almost similar to the point of the prodigal son who was out there, you know, feeding the, the pigs and saying, man, even my, my, my father's servants have, have it better than this. I'll go home and be one of those. So Saul came to himself. He came to a census and said, you know what? Let's stop looking for these donkeys. Verse 6, and he said to him, look now, 
There is in this city a man of God, and he is honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there. Perhaps we, he can show us the way that we should go. Finally, something was happening that made sense. Stop looking for donkeys. Let's go find the man of God. So instead, instead of looking for donkeys, let's go and seek Jesus. Let's go find Jesus. And maybe he can tell us the way we should go. Huh, funny. I thought I heard him say that he was the way. Come on, the truth and the life, right? So he is the way to go. So let us go to the man of God and see if he can tell us, give us some enlightenment as to the way we should go. There's so much shadowing in, these, in this chapter and in, in, in foreshadowing and in, in, in symbolism that is just, just too much to really go into all of it tonight. And I don't even have the half of it. I haven't been to seminary, but the Holy Spirit is an awesome teacher. He's an awesome teacher. And so, so they went to, to, to Samuel. Verse 7. Then Saul said to a servant, but look. If we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread in our vessels is all gone. Ooh, come on. The bread in your vessel is all gone. You searched the mountain regions. You searched the plains. You searched the valley. You went to the land of your forefathers, and you emptied yourself out searching for something. It wasn't there. What shall we take to Jesus we're empty. And if we had any bread, it would have been all moldy and stinky anyway. We're totally empty. That's how Jesus wants us to come. Just as we are an empty vessel, totally poured out and empty and just say, Jesus, have your way with me. Fill me with you and with your power and with your presence and with your spirit, Lord God. I'm tired of chasing donkeys. I'm going to come to you with all of my emptiness. My container is empty, Lord God. I need you to fill me up, Lord. Fill my cup. Let it overflow, Lord God. So they came to the man of God and saying, and they were, they were discussing, well, what can we give him? We don't have any bread. We don't have anything. But the servant said, I have a little something-something, and we'll give it to him, and he'll tell us perhaps where we can find the donkeys. And so they went. To the seer, the prophet in those days was called the seer as well. And so they went in search of Samuel. Because they had come across some, some young maidens who were out in the, in the city. And they told them, you know what? Today is the day that there's going to be a sacrifice. And if you go into the city, you'll run right into the, uh, uh, the, the seer before he's going up to the feast because there's a sacrifice that's been prepared today. And they won't eat until he gets there because he has to bless the sacrifice. Hmm. They didn't know that they were the sacrifice, that they're going to be blessed. What a coincidence. Hmm. I think not. That they went to seek the man of God. They still got the instructions from the, the young maidens. And they went to the city. And as they were going into the city, Daniel was coming out to go up to the sacrifice. And they came up to Samuel and they said, can you tell us where the seer is? See, the answer doesn't always look like you want it to look. 
They didn't recognize him right away as the prophet, as the man of God, as the seer. And they said, can you tell us where the seer is? But see, the Lord had whispered in Samuel's ear the day before and told him, I'm going to send a man from, from the tribe of Benjamin, and this is the one that I'm going to want you to anoint as king, as captain over my people. And as he saw him, then the Lord said, this is the guy. So here was a guy, Samuel, I mean Saul, and a servant, out pursuing donkeys, looking for three days. Hmm. Three days, right? Or my father's going to consider that maybe we're lost. Stop thinking about the donkeys and be concerned about us after three days. And so then they see Samuel, and he says, come, you're going to go with me to the sacrifice. And everybody who was invited to go is going to go and sit at the table of sacrifice. And he had invited about 30 people. And he said, Saul and his servant at the head of the table in the place of honor. They didn't even know they were going to be invited to the dinner. They had no idea that the dinner was taking place. But there was purpose already for his life. And I want to tell you that there's purpose for your life tonight. There's purpose for your life. See, we've been confused and, and, and the screensaver has been going and we've been watching that and watching all the activities going on in life, pursuing donkeys, some that might have even been told by us to go pursue them and to find them. And some we developed on our own. All the while, God had a plan and a purpose. So something that was negative, losing some donkeys, he's going to cause it to work together for the good of those who are called, the ones who love God, the ones who are the called. And I'm telling you tonight that you are the called. And I don't know what donkeys you allow to, to stir up in your life, to come up in your life and to distract you from the plan and the purpose that God has for you. Because we know that we're his creation, we're his, his, his workmanship, the Bible says, created for good works that he created before the foundations of the world. But we need to be stirred up tonight and shaken and made aware that maybe there's some pursuits that I've been chasing, some things that I've been looking for that really don't line up with the calling and the purpose that's on my life that God has placed in your life. And I'm not saying necessarily that these things are sin or wrong. But why settle for the gooder when you can have the bestest? Right? Why? And God has the bestest plan for you. If you will obey him, we need to be in that self-denial mold to pick up our cross and follow him every now and again. Nobody? Pick it up daily. Pick up the cross daily and follow him. It's not once in a while and you, right, you get up on the right side of the bed and you feel like it. Anybody can do that, pretty much. But what about the days when all those other things, your body is hurting and you got some bad news and, 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 and whatever is going on and like, oh, oh, can't I just take a time out? No, a sleeping soldier is a dead soldier. You're in a battle. You're in a war. You're in a fight every day of your life. You can't be pursuing and then see a donkey and say, hmm, you know. <laughs> no, you got to let that go. You got to turn from that. And so 
Saul and the servant, they go up to the dinner. And I'm skipping a lot, and we'll get you out on time if not early. And so they go up to the dinner, the sacrifice, the meal. And, 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 and Saul says some things, Samuel says some things to Saul, and like, is it not the, 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 all of the hope of Israel on you? And, uh, and, and, and Saul is like, goes into his mode of, of how, he, how he disqualifies himself from being the chosen one. But I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, the least of the tribes, and I'm the least of the families and the least of the least. And you can't sort of, why are you talking to me in this manner? But it was because the Lord had chosen him. And the Lord has chosen you. Again, you are the chosen, okay? And God has a plan and a purpose for you. And let's go to verse 23 and 24, okay? We're in 1 Samuel chapter 9. Let's go to verse 23 and 24. I want to give you some more of the book. Uh, there's so much here. There really is. Verse 23. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion which I gave you, of which I said to you, set it apart. God has something set apart for the chosen ones. Even before they know they were coming to the sacrifice, before they knew they were coming to the meal, God has something set apart for you. And it's only for you. Verse 24. So the cook took up the thigh with its upper part and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, here it is. What was kept back, it was set apart for you. Eat, for until this time, it has been kept for you. It was set aside for you for the appointed time, for the set time. Nobody else was going to get that but you. Hallelujah. He kept it for you. The plan and the purpose was for you. It wasn't going to happen for anybody else, by anybody else. You're the one who's called to be set there at the table, seated there at the table, and it's set aside for you. God has set a table for you. Mm. It's been prepared and set apart till the appointed time, to the set time to be set before you and said, go for it. I've called you by name, son. I called you by name, daughter, my precious child. I called you by name, and I made this just for you. Mm. Come and partake. Here it is. Eat it. Eat of it. Walk in the calling. Fulfill the calling. Eat of it. Walk of it. Live in it. So that your life can be impacting on others. And that he'll make you great. Oh, Harold, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm the wrong color. I can't be great. There's only so many microphones. I can't be great. Well, who's great? The ones that are watching the children in the nursery, teaching them on Sunday. The ones standing at the door, giving people greetings and smiles. They're the ones who are great. The ones who are vacuuming the floors. Those are the ones who are great. The ones who are feeding people when they're hungry. Those are the ones who are great. The ones who are visiting the people in prison. Those are the ones who are great. The ones who are feeding orphans and taking care of widows. Those are the ones who are great. The ones that are visiting the hospitals. Those are the ones who are great. You don't need a microphone, Pastor. You just need to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. And he'll make you great at that. Who wants to be the greatest of all? Let him be the servant of all. 
It's not like the world's way. So everybody has a purpose and a calling to be fulfilled. When did we do those things to you, Lord? You did it unto him when you did it to one of the least. And some of us have entertained angels unaware by being kind to strangers. Pure and undefiled religion is that we take care of widows and orphans. Those are the ones who are great. Not the one necessarily who has the big platform and there's thousands of people and they're telling you all about everything. The little ones who minister to their, share with their neighbor, that's the person who's great. The one who will maintain a small Bible study at home, at work, those are the ones who are great. The ones who are doing things and there's no audience, but only God sees. Those are the ones who are great. Not that your name is on some bus, the ministry of your name. Those folks will have their reward. God has a purpose and a calling for your life. It's been set apart, set aside for a time like this. Verse 25 and 26. Then Samuel explained to the people. I'm in the wrong chapter. That's why I was reading that. I'm in, I was in 10. Now I'm in 9. When they had come down from the high place into the city, Samuel spoke with Saul on the top of the house. They arose early, and it was about the dawning of day that Samuel called to Saul on the, on the top of the house, saying, Get up, I may send you on your way. And Saul arose, and both of them went outside, he and Samuel. Verse 27. And as they were going down to the out outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go ahead of us. And he went on. But you stand here a while that I may announce to you the word of God. Sometimes God has something to tell you, wants to show you, and it's only for you. So tell those people that you're walking with, hey, can you go ahead and keep going? I'll catch up. I'm going to stand still. I'm going to remain right here, I think, something like that the, the King James Version says. So that I can hear the word of God spoken to me. And if somebody, if the Lord gives you a word to give to somebody, I want to encourage you to give it. I'm not looking at anybody. I want to encourage you to give it. If the Lord gives you a word to give to somebody, I'm encouraging you to give it. And that's why we need all those gifts operating in the church so that we can be a healthy church, so that we can be a healthy, a healthy body. And even we'll give words to strangers that the Lord will set up for divine appointments at a point in time, at a set time, and then we can give that person a word. Because you don't know how broke down and how weary and dreary that person may be, and you come with a word of encouragement, of edification to lift them up, and man, they'll get a new pep in their step, and hey, I can go on, woo! Stronger and, 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 and more encouraged 
in the word of God. So he said, stand still, remain with me, and I'm going to announce what God's going to do. So I thought of standing still after you've done all that you can do. You're all dressed up with all the right gear, with all the right armor. Sometimes we need to just and hear what thus says the Lord. Because we don't want to get ahead of him and moving out on our own. <laughs> just stand and hear what the Lord has to say. Some things are for your ears only. Chapter 10, verse 6. I'm telling you, there's a lot in between this. There's a lot in between this. This could really be a, a several-week study for several days, but I'm just hitting points here and there, not even really looking at all of that. Chapter 10, verse 6. Well, let me just go, no, 10, 2, 10-2-B. Hey, the donkeys, <laughs> which you went to look for, have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and worrying about you, saying, what shall I do about my son, about my son? And so he's getting words that the donkeys have been found already. Stop worrying about the donkeys. Stop looking for the donkeys. There's a new calling on your life. There's been a new mantle placed in your life. There's a new calling that you're supposed to fulfill in your life. Stop looking for the worldly stuff. That's temporary. I have an eternal work for you to do. Verse 6, after that, no, not there, then the Spirit of the Lord, am I where I want to be? I want to be sure I don't miss this. 10-6, okay, then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. So here's what's happening. Daniel was telling Saul what's going to happen to him now that he's already anointed him with oil, right? With a, he opened a vial of oil and poured it on him in verse 1, 10-1. And so now he's telling him what's going to happen. He's anointed him as king already. And in verse 6, here's what's going to happen. Then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Amen. When you come unto Jesus, come on, he'll turn you into a new man, a new woman. Huh. Not like the one that you thought you could have, that you could be when you pursued the donkey. If I can only get him, if I can only get her, if I can only get that job, if I can only get that house, then I'll be. No. Let him turn you into a new person, a new man, a new woman from the inside out. Amen. Amen. That's what we want to do. Verse 9. So it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. He told him some things that were going to happen. Three signs. And uh, 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 so he anointed him. There were three signs. And then one other thing was going to happen. But they all happened in the same day. And when he turned to walk away. He had a new heart. God gave him a new heart, another heart. So when people come up to this altar to say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and they turn to walk away, or even as they're turning up, coming up here, they're getting a new heart. Hallelujah. The old heart, let it die, let it be crucified, so you can walk in the newness of life with Christ Jesus and have that new heart. So a new heart, because right from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And so let us walk and live with a heart that's purified, mm. a heart that's full of love and of integrity, a heart that seeks peace, that we all have the ministry of reconciliation. And then verse 9. Is that the one we just did? Okay, then let's go to 10. When they came 
there to the hill. There was a group of prophets to meet them. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. So the Spirit came upon him. He got the new heart, and the Spirit came upon him. I got notes on two pages, but anyway. And so... Uh, <laughs> Hmm. Okay, perfect. 10 11. 10 11. Got that. 10 11. Oh. Okay, perfect. That's good. Verse 11. Verse 11. And it happened when all who knew him formerly saw that. He indeed prophesied among the prophets that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? So when he gives you that new heart, your life should be so changed, should be so different that the people who knew you, your old friends going up, that old family like you haven't seen in years, and like, man, what's up with him? What's up with her? Isn't that so-and-so? And later on it's going to say, well, who are their fathers? Who are their fathers? Even created a proverb like Saul is among the prophets. So we should all be changed. We should all be changed as we're fulfilling the calling and the purpose of Christ in our life. Because you are the called. Everyone here is the called. You are the called. Don't disqualify yourself. Oh, I'm from the smallest of tribes, and I'm the smallest of the smallest. And, but I don't, blah, 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 I don't speak well, Lord. Can I take my brother with me? And everybody has their excuses. Here, get in the pool and be healed. Well, every time I try to go, somebody gets there before me, and I blah, blah, blah. Stop it! He can do everything, anything with anyone. That's called ones. Forget about your own hang up and handicap and, and well I was raised in a single home and, and then they abused me and uh, I don't know who my dad is and I don't know and I come on really what are you going to put as a roadblock to the plan that God has for your life just stop it I have four babies daddies and, and in the, so in the community people look down upon me and You are the called, which means you are the qualified. And he allows some donkeys to get loose in your life so that your purpose can still be fulfilled, to get you set apart from all those other things so that you can get along with him and respond to his call. We'll jump down to verse 26 in chapter 10. And after, <laughs> well, there's a little story in between there where they called out all the tribes. Samuel had, had come and called out all the tribes, and they were going to finally decide who the king was, announce who the king was. And they brought all the tribes, and then they brought the families, and then they said, well, you know what? It's Saul. And everybody's like, where's Saul? Saul was nowhere to be found. So they inquired of the Lord again, where is Saul? And they said, well, he's in with the stuff, or he's in with the baggage, or he's in with the supplies, depending upon what translation you're looking at. So Saul, even at that point, was still trying to hide and not respond to the call. I'm going to ask you to come out from your stuff, 
from the baggage tonight to let that stuff go and quit saying, I'm not good enough. None of us are. And time for us to stop cowering back and let somebody else do it when God's called each and every one of you to greatness. And again, wipe out of your mind. That's the person on the microphone on the top of the hill screaming and shouting. Every one of you is great. And everyone has a calling. And we're a multi-membered body. We need all the parts to function properly. Okay? So you're all great. Don't disqualify yourself. Okay? Verse 26. Chapter 10, verse 26. And Saul went home to Gibeah, and valiant men went with him whose hearts God had touched. Who are you going to run with? Come on. Who are you going to link up with? Don't you want to run with some people that God has also touched their heart just as he has touched your heart? So they're not going to be the ones pursuing donkeys, trying to hang out at the club and trying to get the girls or trying to get the guys with the, uh, and the ripped up muscles and all of that. Just pursuing filthy lucre and, and, and prideful things. Who are you going to run with? You want to run with people who God has also touched their heart. So you can be like-minded and have a singleness of purpose because you are the called. And you're the called to choose to, to please God with everything that you say, with everything that you think, with everything that you do, with all of your being to please God. Run with those people whose hearts have been touched. And I'm encouraging us to, to be those ones that will encourage others to pursue God fervently zealously, not turning to the left or to the right so that the purpose can be fulfilled and stop chasing donkeys. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give, yeah, give the Lord a hand praise. Yeehaw! Oh, sorry. 